0: Podcasts from the Cat. Voices and sounds from Crewe and
1: Nantwich. On today's show, we introduce a man who's been immersed in theatre for many years, programming and managing live events. He's also worked as a freelance producer and event manager for site-specific productions and festivals. Rhys Hopkin, formerly the Deputy Head of Commercial at the Cheltenham Trust, is now the Theatre Director at the Lyceum Theatre in Crewe. Reese, welcome to Business Brunch. Thank you very much for having me. You've been involved with the performing arts for some time, so share, share with us how you became involved with the theatre and event production and how your career has progressed.
0: Well, funnily enough, I actually started my career in radio. I was working for a local radio station back in South Wales, um, firstly doing some sales and administrative work, um, but then moving on to work on some of the larger events that they were happening. So I I remember working on Party in the Park when all the big commercial stations used to do them, um, back sort of about 20, 22 years ago. Um, And from working within sort of radio um, events, I I made a slightly um, unusual move over to a marketing agency, working specifically on on theatre and arts campaigns, uh, Audiences Wales. Um, I I spent quite a few years working there within marketing um, and then made what was then a natural transition over to working in marketing within venues. Um, And over the years, I've worked in quite a few venues in Wales and developed um, my skills within sort of programming the venues as well as marketing the shows. Um, And that's where I found a real interest was in sort of looking up for artists um, to put into venues, looking how they would work in different spaces um, and bringing in new talent that, you know, either from the area or bringing in talent from other areas that would work really well within specific communities. From there, I've uh, developed sort of working on um, much larger scale events. Um, I worked in with Art Centre for, for some time, one of the first venues I ever worked in. Um, but from there, I also got involved in a local festival. So the Square Festival ran for three or four years um, in the late 2000, 2000s, uh, about 2008-ish. Um, and it, were, it developed into sort of a, a 5,000 uh, capacity festival over over three days for and and six stages. One of the biggest outdoor events I've ever actually worked on. And really, really sort of um, in like my passion for, for music, as well as just the theatre um, and, and dance, which I'd been involved in uh, previously. And from there, my career sort of expanded to encompass uh, a lot more sort of events and programming for smaller art centers. Most recently, I was obviously at the Cheltenham Trust um, and that was a really interesting time for me because it was more events rather than just uh, theatre. So lots of live music, lots of comedies, but also a lot of trade fairs and working with Chattenham Festivals. But also it was a really interesting time to work because we worked through the pandemic um, and looking at how that affected uh, businesses of this nature. They were all really, really obviously uh, unable to sort of work in their normal fashion, and unable to operate. Um, and I was really fortunate to be able to work through the pandemic looking at what else we could do. Um, I was really fortunate that we had um, a catering team within the Cheltenham Trust because of some of the events that we uh, led. And we actually worked with the local authority on delivering um, food and making sure that the care packages were uh, sent out to to the local uh, communities who weren't able to fend for themselves during the the early part of the pandemic. So that was a real change for me.
1: And and how would you say um, organising a production for a, for the local population differs from organising a production or an event that is intended to bring in people from far and wide?
0: Well. First of all, the scope of the events is is a lot different when when you're looking at things that are um, specifically designed for local um, audiences, and I include what we do in the Lyceum with that because they, there is a there is a fine idea that we can draw from. Um, you have to look at what your competition is in the local market, look at what historically works in the local market, but also look at what the gaps are. As an example, we know in Crewe that we have lots of people who are fans of comedy, live music, and some of the bigger name musicals. Um, so when we're programming those, we have to make sure that we, we're targeting those correctly um, and, and making sure that they're ones that haven't been here for quite some time and making sure that they fit in with the type of events that we know the um, the, the local audiences are looking for. When you're looking at something like the Square Festival, um, where you're bringing in people from around the country, what you have to do is make sure that you've got a niche. Um, so when we were looking at the Square Festival and programming it, Although we had a couple of different stages um, offering different genres of music, one of the things we were all really, really keen to do was look at up and coming acts. Um, So while we had some headliners on the main stage each evening, All the other uh, bands worked throughout the day on all the stages were up-and-coming acts who hadn't quite hit the mainstream at that time. Um, And that's quite a niche that we found worked for for the Square Festival. On top of that, we marketed it as a summer holiday. It was in both. It was next to the sea. Um, It was was quite a picturesque and an ideal location to have a, a nice music festival for young people.
1: OK, mo- moving on, Rhys, the, the Lyceum Theatre dates back some 141 years to, to 1881 and covers a chequered history, so please highlight some of the more memorable moments in its history and detail why you feel it's important for the people of Crewe.
0: I think one of the most memorable Uh, moment in its history um, has to be also one of the most tragic so in 1910 the theatre as it was originally um, burnt down. The reason I think that's important um, is that when it was rebuilt in 1911 it gave us this beautiful listed theatre that we have now with all the plasterwork and the dome ceiling that that's become sort of iconic within the local area and reminiscent of much larger theatres in much bigger cities. We're really, really lucky in Crewe to have such an idyllic uh, location. Um, to, to host events and to host these big touring theatre shows. Um, and it's because of the way that it was built back, you know, those 111 years ago, um, that we are really able to um, still attract some of the biggest acts and some of the bigger theatre shows that are still coming to us. And it's because of almost that uh, unintended foresight back in 1911 that we're able to do that. Additionally, and I think really importantly, um, not too long ago, the local authority took control of the theatre back from the trust that was uh, that was currently that was running it at the time, um, and since then the local authority have entrusted it out to uh, a management company, HQ Theatres, um, and by entrusting this building to uh, a, a larger organisation we're able to pull in acts that a small theatre in a a regional town like Crewe might not be able to do otherwise. So the the power that we have as being part of a larger organisation um, is really important for the future of this theatre and and that's why we're able to bring in some of the larger acts that we do.
1: And having taken up the post, uh, you've made quite a big move from uh, your post in Cheltenham. What tempted you to come to the Lyceum?
0: Well, as, as I mentioned earlier, I worked uh, for three years at the Cheltenham Trust and I, and I worked through the pandemic. The The events that we made, did there were predominantly uh, music and comedy events as, as live events, as well as then some of the other business shows and festivals that we worked on. While I really enjoyed my time at the Cheltenham Trust, it did actually make me realise that I missed live theatre um, and the arts a lot more than I thought I had. The Lyceum itself was really tempting to me because not only did it have some of the larger music and comedy events that I was used to and that actually are the bread and butter of of performing venues in areas such as Crewe, but it also allowed us the opportunity to bring in larger theatre shows. Um, which I'd really, really missed working on. But it also has a small studio space, um, and I've always worked um, with smaller spaces, smaller artists, up and coming artists that can do something a little bit differently. Something that wouldn't necessarily fit into the larger venues um, and into their main spaces, but something that's certainly interesting and stories that really need to be told. So by actually having that space in crew, we've got a really, really good balance of the mainstream and the big name shows as well as being able to support local artists and local companies to put on shows which are possibly more local with with a with a story to tell uh, and that's really what tempted me to come to the Lyceum
1: Reese, you're you're involved in delivering live performances, which would make most people shrink into the corner, as there are plenty of situations that could conspire against you. However, the show must go on, as they say, so tell us about some of the difficulties you've had to overcome to ensure that your shows uh, live up to expectations.
0: Oh, I think there's uh, there's too many examples to choose from here. I've worked on so many events where things could have gone wrong and so many events where there have been challenges to make sure that an event can happen. I think one of the um, most recent examples, I think is a, a brilliant example of people working together to make sure shows can happen, is during the pandemic. Um, we were really fortunate in Cheltenham that we had some flexible venues and flexible Um, ways of being able to deliver events as well as some great partners that we worked with and as we came out of I think the second lockdown or out of the first lockdown um, in the autumn of 2020 um, we had been working uh, behind the scenes for some time with our partners Cheltenham festivals on a plan for delivering Cheltenham Literature Festival now, Chatham Literature Festival is actually happening this week uh, or next week, sorry, and it's one of the largest literature festivals in the country. Usually, um, bringing in thousands and thousands of people to each venue every day. The town hall where I worked would normally bring in, I would say, roughly sort of five to six thousand people on a daily basis um, during a normal festival. Obviously during the pandemic and doing social distancing that wasn't possible so we had to work really closely to see what can we do because we were determined that a festival would actually go on. What we actually ended up doing was coming up with a hybrid model where we reduced the capacity of our main hall from 900 down to just 200. All socially distanced seating looked very strange when you were looking into a main hall that would used to be covered in seating and just seeing one or two dotted around the place but Cheltenham festivals brought in a broadcast partner and we broadcast the entire festival live um, on their website so while we did make some tickets available for people to come and watch the shows live because audience participation in a literature festival is key we also made each individual event available on a live stream Now, that bot was in its own challenges, um, as well as making sure that everybody coming into the venue was safe and COVID free. um, Because of the limited amount of shows we'd put on that year, every show was back to back in two of our different venues. So when one show ended, the other one had to start within two to three minutes because the live stream was continuous. Um, so as well as sort of the challenges of actually setting up those events, making sure that the, um, that it was possible to actually host those events, we actually had to as well make sure that the events were timed to perfection for 10 events a day, every day for 10 days to make sure that the live stream could continue uninterrupted for those who'd bought tickets to watch from around the world.
1: Quite a complicated delivery, it sounded like Reese
0: uh, uh, really complicated, yeah, but we we bought it off, but it was testament to the the amount of people who'd spent so much time working on it,
1: yeah, so the Lyceum is now managed. Now, I've got a note that it's Trafalgar Entertainment, is that?
0: it is yes. Yeah. so h q theaters were the uh, operator that came in from the through the local authority around ten years ago. Um, They have now uh, amalgamated with Trafalgar Entertainment, Ah, so Trafalgar Theatres is the new division.
1: Okay, so it's managed by Trafalgar Theatres, but doubtless has a budget that you have to manage. Um, And in the current economic squeeze, how difficult is it to generate the necessary revenue in order to balance the books?
0: It's very difficult at the moment, Um, and what we have to consider as well is that as well as sort of the, the, the current economic squeeze, we are still seeing the after effects in this industry of the pandemic. We have a lot of events that are still rescheduled. We have a lot of events that, that still need to go ahead that were contracted previously. Um, and we have a lot of events that can no longer go ahead because it's it, it's not, actually possible for them to do it on the same budget as they'd originally planned so we are constantly having to look at how we manage events how we put on events what savings we can make and what savings the production companies can make while also making sure that we deliver the best experience possible for the audience it is also a really nerve-wracking time uh, for us in the entertainment industry because of the cost of living crisis theater live events and not going to be the priority for people to be spending their money on and rightly so there are other things that they must prioritize to make sure that their food their utility bills specifically um, and while we are confident that this industry will come through it what we are seeing um a pattern of within not just the lyceum but and not just the group but but across the industry is that people are actually not prepared to commit to going out as soon as they used to, so a lot of our audience members are now booking a lot later on um into the into the normal cycle, so a lot closer to the date and that means that we have to hold our nerve a lot more rather than thinking you know, oh you know, this event needs to be cancelled because no one's come into it. Actually, what's happening is that people are coming to it, but they're not going to book until much, much later in the day. Podcasts from the Cat.
1: Risa, a multitude of performers have tread the boards at the Lyceum. In the early days, the, the theatre laid host to Charlie Chaplin and Stan Laurel, and latterly to Colin Firth and Ken Dodd. So... Share with us some of the shows that you've booked running up to Christmas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, funny you should mention some of those um, celebrities there. We've recently had a bit of a clear out to some old things in the theatre and we've found these hideous old gold photo frames. Um, But within them are actually some of these celebrities that you've actually mentioned over the years in photos that I'm sure used to adorn someone's office uh, previously, and they might go up again if we can see uh, or find something better to to house them in. But coming up over the next um, few months in the lead up to Christmas, um, we've got some, some some really great names. Um, in a couple of weeks, we've actually got Al Murray, who's a really big name for, for a venue that's relatively small like Crewcoming. Um, As well as uh, Harry Hill, the comedian, Um, great on TV and a great, great live performer if people haven't seen him previously. Uh, And I'm going to share two other comedians who are coming up in November who I'm really, really keen on. I think they're they're two of my favourites on the circuit at the moment. Uh, We have Hal Cretton and Sarah Pascoe. Um, They're both wonderful comedians, both very, very different. And they're coming to us actually on the same weekend, um, late in November. And we've still got tickets left for both of them. And they're a great night out for anyone uh, coming into crew. And actually, Sarah Pascoe is with us on the same night that they're doing the Christmas light switch on in the town centre. So make a night of it and come and see her. But we've also got some really, really great theatre performances coming up. Um, we've just had um, uh, The Haunting of Blaine Manor a couple of weeks ago with us, um, and we're really looking forward to Sherlock Holmes in the Valley of Fear coming to us in November. Um, people in Crewe and the surrounding areas really, really seem to like some of the Gothic uh, revivalist pieces that we've been having um and some stories that are basically set in that area now I'm sure some of it is due to the fact that or, or that that some people believe that the Lyceum itself is haunted and there's a lot of people talking about that um but but those type of shows really do well in Co they're really popular with the origin so Sherlock Holmes in the valley of fear I'm sure is going to do really well for us we've also obviously just launched um and just launched the cast for our pantomime this year. Um, which is coming to us in December through to January. So as well as bringing Malcolm Lord back as the Dame, and I think people would absolutely hate us if we didn't bring Malcolm Lord back as as the Panto, we've got um, Louis Spence as Spirit of the Ring in Aladdin this year. Um, So it's going to be a lot of high-octane, high-energy fun um, on stage, and that opens on the 16th of December and goes straight through into the new year.
1: Well, what an incredible mix and... uh lots to see and and enjoy there. Recent advancements in new technology have, have transformed how we do business on a global scale. So talk us through how it's helped the Lyceum refine its business systems and change the way that you reach out to your audience.
0: Well, certainly I mean from a from a business point of view, as I mentioned earlier, the Lyceum is no part of Trafalgar Theatres which is part of the wider Trafalgar Entertainment Group. Um and new technology means that we are constantly in touch with our colleagues across the group whenever we need to we We use We utilize sort of teams and other parts of technology to have meetings to share information, to share files. Um, you know, widely um, and on a regular basis without the need to have in-person meetings. And while we do value the in-person meetings that we're able to have, new technology means that the group is able to manage successfully venues across the country in in a way that wouldn't have been possible uh, 10 or 20 years ago. And it's the technology and the way we're able to meet and interact with each other on a regular basis that enables us to do that um from from a, a local perspective um new technology has is instrumental in the way we now speak to our audiences. Email marketing, of course, has been around for some time, but we're utilising social media. We're utilising the digital advertising boards that are available around Crew. And the, the advancements in those technologies themselves, in the email um, systems and, and in social media, means that we're actually able to get a lot more information about our audience and how they interact with us. And it means that we can constantly refine our messaging and constantly refine how we are targeting audiences to make sure that we're getting the messages through to the people who actually will come and see you performances.
1: Reese, I know that, uh, that you value your employees and that you work hard to maintain a happy and positive workplace. So share with us how you manage this. Uh, and other than wages, what do you think are the key motivators for a successful, cohesive team?
0: I'm really lucky in the Lyceum, and I think a lot of venues within this industry are. The people who work in theatre genuinely care about what they do. Uh, they have a passion for the live entertainment. You know, whether it's for marketing for it, whether it's because they're really interested in making sure something local succeeds, or whether it's because they they have a real, real passion um, for performing arts in general. And and that goes throughout my entire team, you know, from the senior management down to some of the casuals we have coming in, just working on box office and front of house. Everybody there cares about the Lyceum. So it makes it a lot easier to manage them as a team. Of course, money helps for anybody coming into any business. But I think one of the key things that we must do in every business is to make sure that your um, employees feel valued. Make sure that their opinions are heard. Make sure that they feel that their opinions are valid. um, And listen to them on occasion because a lot of the time they probably know better than you you know I've come into the Lyceum from Cheltenham while I've got a lot of experience in theatre and managing venues I'm going to listen to my staff about what works in crew because they know this area a lot better than me and it's making sure that that I have that confidence in them and that they know I have that confidence in them that makes them a good team and and makes them gel as a team
1: they're terrific values aren't they and it's a, a great philosophy in regard to how to manage people is valuing what they say, valuing their input.
0: Yeah, and it's not just valuing what they say, it's actually realising that that people who work for you and work with you quite often have experiences that are different from your own, which mean that they know more about certain areas of the, You know, in my case, they all know a lot more about the area that we're working in than I do because I've come into it from outside. But people's own lived experiences mean that they actually have opinions and information that is valuable to you that you're not going to get elsewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Reese, one of your goals as the new theatre director is to foster more community links. So talk us through what this entails and why you feel it's important for the Lyceum to have these links in place.
0: Throughout my career, when I've worked in venues... Um, the engagement part of what we do as a venue has always been really really important and it pays dividends in developing audiences for the future we have a great uh, creative learning uh, program at the moment an engagement program that was started by um, a colleague lucy who who was there when i joined and has just and has recently left the organisation but what we're looking at to do in in the lyceum at the moment is to expand on that so while we're already looking at ways that we and we have ways that we're engaging with young people. Through our Young Ambassadors Programme, through our Youth Theatre, and um, with, with some older elements of the community through the Lyceum Choir. We're looking at how we can expand that and how we can take things that work in the Lyceum into other areas of crew. So, taking them into community centres, taking them into um, possibly daycare centres, where we can deliver um, arts based opportunities for people that can't necessarily come into the Lyceum or who, for, for whatever reason, f- at the, at the moment, see that there is a barrier to coming into the Lyceum. I think actually taking these things out and, and making experiences available to people um, is, is a key part of any arts organisation, particularly a venue like uh, the Lyceum in Crewe, which is the only professional performing arts venue in, in the area. It's an essential part of what we do to be able to take out and engage with communities because that's how we develop audiences for the future and that's how we will sort of ensure our
1: sustainability into the future. Do you plug into to the talent coming out of local colleges?
0: Well, it's something that we're actually probably going to start looking at. Um, we are, we have a, a new person in post as the creative learning manager who's got experience of working with youth services and I'm sure that's something that she will be aiming to do over the coming. Months. Um, we're also working really, really closely on a number of projects with the Cultural Forum, um, which was set up initially by Cheshire East and Crewe Town Council. I sit on the Cultural Forum as a, as the chair, um, and there's a number of projects through that that'll be looking at working with young people and colleagues on that are also setting up the the LEP, the Local Education Partnership, um, bringing culture and educational institutions together for the benefit of the community. So we'll be involved in that in some way as well, and that will involve working with local colleges other local partners and business community to see what we can all do together because it's actually when we're working together in a a town centre environment like crew that's when everyone is going to succeed
1: and uh, do you find it's a difficult balance to to get um, reaching out to all these different partners getting their input and ensuring that at the end of the day, it's the right thing for the Lyceum.
0: Absolutely, you know, there's there's always a multitude of projects that we could be getting involved in, and actually balancing out what is worth our time and what isn't is a really really difficult thing to be doing. And that's why it's really really encouraging from having come into Crewe to find that there is this cultural forum and and a smaller sort of cultural strategy group that's already been set up by the local authorities and involves people from the the business community as well. You know, we're working with the Libraries, the, the town council, the local authorities, members of the business community are represented from the um, health service, all working together to develop what can happen in Cruise um, Centre. You know, it's on the back of that that the Lyceum Square project came about a few years ago, and that's obviously going to be going ahead in a few months' time. We're looking at what else we can do and how the Lyceum can be involved and if it can't be involved then how can it support other people to deliver projects um, that are for the overall for the benefit of crew not just the Lyceum.
1: Rhys thank you so much for coming in today and giving us an insight into into what it takes to run a successful theatre particularly in the uh, current circumstances. If any of our listeners would like to get further information about future events or if um, people are listening that might like to get involved with the Lyceum, looking for work maybe, how can they get more information?
0: Well, more information on all the events that we have, all the engagement opportunities we have and any vacancies that we may have are all on our website, crewlyceum.co.uk.
1: Rhys, thank you for coming on the cat today.
0: Thank you for having me. Go to listen.thisisthecat.com for more podcasts and more ways to listen.